Clarita here, and I've got a new sponsor, DistroKid. If you want to release your music into the world, DistroKid's the easiest way to get your music into all the major streaming platforms, unlimited uploads, and keep 100% of your royalties. And because you're a Design Freaks listener, you get 30% off. Go to distrokid.com slash VIP slash Design Freaks. DistroKid. everyone. Welcome to episode 70 of the Design Freaks podcast. My name is Clarita. I am the host. I'm a graphic designer and I like to talk about music industry, art, design, album packaging, etc. Today I have such a great episode with the amazing artist and designer Eloise Lee. New Age Rage. From Dark Entries Records and a bunch of other places, as we're entering the darkness of the year, um, I got so lucky to talk to her. Amazing interview. And I've been wanting to do an episode on what it's like to work for and design for a reissue label um, since the beginning of this podcast. I've been super curious about that. So creative origins, uh, how she got her start designing books passion for zines, etc. We didn't even get into the witchy stuff, which is something else I'm endlessly drawn to. You know, her beautiful prayer cards. Uh, there's just too many cool things about Eloise to fit into one podcast, but that's why you should follow her at New Age Rage on Instagram so you can see everything she's up to and all the new projects and latest brilliance. Before my chat with Eloise, Real quick, I just want to say thank you so much for tuning in. Um, if you enjoy the show, please share with other vinyl and design freaks. You can leave a five-star iTunes review. Hit the donate button. Everything is at designfreakspodcast.com. You can follow me at underscore designfreakspodcast on Instagram, and you'll find it all in the old link tree. Um, so I've got some great interviews coming up and some mini-sodes, etc. So go ahead and subscribe so you get the notification. And as always, for other music-related podcasts, please check out ruinousmedia.com. Okay, now enjoy my talk with esta bruja del arte y diseñadora de música obscuridad, Eloise Lee. New Age Rage. Um, thank you so much for joining me uh, all the way from Mexico City. Welcome. Thank you. Hola. Um, yeah, Hola. nice to meet you. Mucho gusto. Nice to meet you. Uh, what brings you to, I have so many questions for you. I'm like spiraling <laughs> out of control right now. <laughs> but um, so you, you mentioned you recently moved there. How is it? How is everything going, first of all? Yeah, I, I've definitely, I fully um, moved to Mexico City last November. Um, definitely a big move uh, from Berlin. I'm still, I would say, in the settling process, which I know from living abroad before, it takes like at least a couple of years. So I have a lot to do here for sure, things to learn, but so far, but there's been some really cool things happening and I'm I'm definitely don't regret the move. Like this place is so inspiring. I'm kind of wow. like, it's actually just like overwhelming. So I need to like be slower, which I'm starting to 
come to a point where I, I'm covering the basics of being here and now I need to go deeper and take my time with it. And yeah, That's but no, I love it here. It's, it's a super cool city. Like it, I just started coming up in conversations with uh, people in music or just people, friends in Berlin. I was like, why do I keep hearing about Mexico City? And then I finally traveled there for just for as a tourist, like five years ago. And I never forgot it. It was like wow. a big impact kind of trip. That was like, I think I need to live here someday. Well, you almost have to live there because like you said, yeah, you have to scratch the surface. Yeah. yeah. It's so a lot. How was it going from Germany to Mexico? Um, not easy at all. <laughs> uh, actually, I'd say it was harder leaving Germany um, systemically, I would say, than arriving new to Mexico. There's challenges here for sure. But uh, after living, I was in Berlin 10 years. So I really went through it in terms of the system of Germany and bureaucracy and visas and all of it. It's And I just came to a point. I mean, I, I got through it. I actually got through the, the big challenges of living there. But there was a point where I was like, um, but then like the rest of my life, do I want to deal with the system and country? Like, I love Berlin. I love the culture of Berlin. I love a lot of people in that part of the world. But I cannot say that I love the country, like Germany as a country, like the way it functions. And there's some issues I have with it. Just like, yeah, no, it came to a head of like, I don't know if I want to deal with this anymore. Like, I kind of vibed with Mexico. Like, that's been a good thing here. Like, I felt very naturally, like, already adjusting. There's a, there's challenges and things don't work here, for sure. But, but overall, the vibe of like the people mm -hmm. and the attitude and mm -hmm. just there's a lot of other things that matter on top of the bureaucracy that um, mm -hmm. so far... I feel better here for sure. Oh, wow. That's awesome. Well, congrats yeah. on your move then if it's a positive change. And yeah. at least you're not, you avoided coming back here. So congrats. I, yeah, I kind of, that was part of it too. I was like, where else can I go? I mean, I just don't want to live in the US, but I, but it's closer. Actually, that was a reason. It's like Mexico is much closer and I can visit more often. Yeah. It's a yeah. benefit. So you're, a, you're originally from Seattle, right? I am, which, um, yeah, it was so cool to find out that you do this podcast from Seattle because yeah. um, I've been kind of reminiscing a lot more about Seattle since moving here, actually, and being closer mm -hmm. to North America. I was like, there's some things, yeah, that I, it's like always going to be in me. It's like I, I am from Seattle as far mm -hmm. as I've tried to escape it sometimes. It's like it comes back. Like there's like a full circle thing about that city with me. I don't know. It's a vortex. Yeah, my home is definitely Seattle. I grew up till 17 and then I left, desperately left for um, college in California. I, w I just, I really, at the time it was, you know, angsty teen years. And I can't say I know Seattle like proper. I, I was from the suburbs in the north. Um, Bothell, you may, may oh, know. Yeah. Uh -huh. <laughs> it's like, that's where I grew up. But um, it's not like it's this American suburbs. It's, it wasn't stimulating. I never connected with it in um I just knew I wanted to leave like as soon as possible after I graduated but no there's deeper sides of that of my Seattle experience that have come up later in my life that I do appreciate or when I go back I still go back and visit my my main family is still there so you can't really escape <laughs> yeah I always I mean like you know yeah you live there so you know just like the nature is so Ugh. specific and special there it's just you can't find a match. And I've I've looked. Like I've been 
a lot of places at this point, but Seattle. I mean, the San Juans nature, are like one of the epic. wonders of the world. It's yeah. so beautiful. It's insane. It's, it's so like special. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so speaking of your college years, what can you tell me a little bit about like your creative origin? Is that where a lot of people start out drawing because it's the easiest thing to start doing? But yeah. what was your origin for, for um actually design? I in Seattle, no, I was taking like art classes ex as a, an extracurricular way outside of um high school. And I started to gravitate more and more into it actually I was in band like not a cool band like cheesy band like American high school band um pretty what instrument I play played the clarinet I yeah <laughs> one of like the 20 there's always like 20 clarinetists and like yeah every other instrument but um but then I quit it actually I got frustrated in my junior year of high school I was just I just I didn't like the music it was cheesy it was like I really didn't like uh the culture with football I oh. this is such an American I really like it traumatized me I was like, like why playing money money during halftime <laughs> and marching like marching band like forced to do it we didn't uh. have a choice at least at my school and I was like why am I doing this is, like yeah I don't am I in the enjoy army it. what's going it's on so weird it's yeah. bizarre like no other part of the world does that I don't know I, it was so weird but I quit because so yeah and then I found out about um this computer graphics class which okay this is way back this is going to tell you how old I am but it, they literally were teaching photoshop 2.0 like the literal 2.0 yeah I always was curious about like how to use the computer to make graphic like I was I was into drawing and etching and stuff but like mm -hmm. that was the first time I took a computer class teaching me how to draw wow. and use use the program and I pretty much clicked with it I mean it's like of course made horrible things at that at that age you know but it was like the formative yeah that class yeah sadly the quitting the band was a good decision and then um I started to become more curious about computer graphics and like mm -hmm. how to use technology but I mean I, yeah I always was interested in art like creating stuff mm -hmm. so that was pretty natural yeah, that's when I, I learned how to use Photoshop. I had a, um, yeah. a CS2 from Pirate Bay on my computer yeah. that I stole. CS2, exactly. Uh, yeah. Like it was the beginning of an era, really, like early Photoshop and using fonts, like different. Mm -hmm. Like I already, I already was doing into like, I mean, it's super nerdy, but in school, I would um, spend a lot of time on the layout of things like a book report, let's say, or a report of science or something it doesn't even relate to art, but it would be like, I'm picking the fonts out, it takes, it takes me, it took me a long time, like I was the presentation of whatever the content was, was something I was spending a lot of time on. Oh my God. You know, that's when you know there's something else going on there. It's like, why do you care about what color the font is? And it's like, no, but I do care. Like, I'm not going to hand this in if I don't like how it looks. You're like, everything so, is an album cover. You don't yeah, understand. It, it, it has was to be. very, yeah. It was like, so it's been hours like on these details and I would just wow. be like, what am I doing? <laughs> so well, the designer <laughs> was in there. You may For not sure. have realized you were putting your 10,000 hours in. You're, you know, getting good. Yeah. You're mastering something. Yeah. Um, your work <laughs> like, is like some obsessing. of my favorite. And I'm <laughs> obsessed with your work. And everyone I've told that I'm talking to you is like freaking out. What? They're like, oh my <laughs> God, I can't wait to listen. And Whoa. because the art is it's such a great example for for example i know you've worked for other labels too but the dark entries artwork is such a great example of how 
to create cohesion through visual and musical aesthetics, yeah. like combining them into one thing. And that's what my show is about, is about like yeah. shedding, putting a spotlight on all the visuals we know and that we associate with music, because in our culture, in my opinion, I think, and musicians do deserve a lot of credit, but it's almost like we're so obsessed with musicians. And mm -hmm. a lot of times the reason why we're drawn to the record in the first place is yep. that they were able to achieve that yeah. locked in, you know, perfect look. And a lot of times labels having one designer or two designers and creating that cohesion is, yeah. is how they're recognizable. And anyways, I just, it's such a great example. And so I'm glad you fussed with your schoolwork. <laughs> I, I like the name of, of your podcast actually, because I think it, explicitly picks up on that you have to be kind of a freak like if you're into this kind of stuff like it is a there's a freakish nature to it of obsessing or just be picking up on things that maybe don't others don't see about music or visuals or design and it's like yeah you have to kind of be in tune with all of that yeah um, and it's also, so i appreciate you noticing i had oh no idea yeah, that's just cool i, 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 I mean as i said it's like this is the first time i've ever heard anyone what? I don't want to talk to the designer. Oh my God. I am. I, that's all I think about. It's all I want to do. Um, <laughs> anyway, your, your work is very much appreciated. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so more about your work. So process, I'm so curious about, and I know it's probably different for different projects, but, um, you know, I got to ask the boring analog versus digital question <laughs> or blend of both. Um, and also, also, I know that you're great and Dark Entries is great about the sustainability. So you do a mm. lot of one color, two color stuff. I just, yeah. I want to know everything all at once. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, that's, that's good. It help makes, helps me to think about it too. Um, I actually, I come from and I think this actually, I was thinking about this, like this really influences uh, my processes. I come from books, like book design and print, the print world. So like ink on paper, I'm, that's my fetish. Like I really, it's like, I've always been drawn to just like the physical physicality of books and ink on paper and all the things you can do just with that. There's like so much just within those boundaries. And um, so I come from a print background and I um, also am inspired very much by print processes and techniques of the past. Like the, the more analog stuff is just like still my favorite, like screen printing or, or intaglio or Rizzo. printmaking. Like I, yeah, re okay, yeah. that's the whole, yeah, that's the <laughs> thing right now and I love it. Just all these different um, tools kind of yeah that people have been using a long time but i do use digital tools like there's just it's more about time these days like of course i'd love to like sit down and like let set i don't know all that, but it just is like <laughs> there's just no time for like that's where the process has changed for all of us i think yeah. like we the expectation of how much time something takes to make mm -hmm. which kind of sucks sometimes too because it's like well sometimes maybe i do like something should be take five months and you just like sit there and work on on the, on the details but um so there's like, yeah, attention with that. But I still like to use the, because they created a look also, like the technology of the past has a certain mm -hmm. look that you can replicate in Photoshop in some ways, but you have to know, yeah, there's some tricks and things that I might use, but I, you know, scanning, I don't, this is like, I need to get this sorted in Mexico, but 
that was a big tool I had. Um, I use a lot like just ink or drawing and then scanning and manipulating that. Or um, I like textures a lot. And so like actually in place of a scanner right now, I like just walking around, especially like a place like Mexico City, the urban landscape, just there's so many things like just broken textures on the wall. Or I used something recently. It was like such a cool pattern created with like a piece of tape on a window on the reverse. It's like so weird, but a designer would see that. And I was like getting like on my phone camera. I don't have that like high technology, but even with that, you can do a lot. So you, you can like, bitmap it. And, yeah, and layer totally. It Contrast it. it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So like picking up organic textures just from walking around, but then like using um, Photoshop or some ways to digitally manipulate it to get it to that, get that like inky graphic look. Um, I do like black and white. I love, like I've always loved high contrast graphics. So Anyway, any tool that can be used to create those kind of looks, like a rougher look, is I do prefer. Uh, I feel like I wrote in my notes that you've perfected digital decay. <laughs> that's really nice. Wow, yeah, that's a good way to and say like it. And like layering it and knowing how to use color, uh, a good color story and sticking with a minimal minimalist color story and knowing how effective that is. And yeah, um, you definitely have an eye for uh combining elements like combining textures combining fonts font pairing did you teach yourself that I mean where do you even learn that just from experience like typography I do mm -hmm. love a lot um but I'm also critical of it too like I don't just use whatever's in you know trendy I notice like what is trendy sometimes and I'm just like well does it fit like it definitely has to fit um a style or vibe with the music or artist or whatever the book or whatever the content is like i'm not just going to use something because it looks cool mm -hmm. that's actually a big element i think in my design philosophy and process is like no i'm not just going to do it if even if i know that's like what may seem cool like i see it being thrown around but like mm -hmm. if it doesn't fit the content or the concept i that's then I can't do it. <laughs> so I think like like a lot of researchers just knowing like a style or or knowing um, yeah kind of like an audience, but it's not always so clear. It's like subcultures too. Like there's mm -hmm. certain language, graphic language already, um, and especially with music, there's it's so tied to subculture. So if you know like like if this is a post punk album, there's already elements that are going to speak to that audience and culture that I pick up on and combine maybe, but I might make it a little more modern or freshen it. So it, it depends. Cause sometimes it does, maybe if it's wants to look like it's out straight out of the eighties, I can definitely do that style, but sometimes it might not, it's a newer album. So maybe we don't want to reference like looks like a copy of the cure or something like you want to like make it something new, but still tied to like, those origins or that culture, like the subculture, yeah, is has to be strong. That can determine a lot of the look or yeah, the design where direction. Where do you get uh, inspiration, or do you? Is there a, a label designer or somebody that you look to? I mean, I hate the who inspired you question, but um, I guess it's probably a lot of people, right? Um, I, is, I mean, yeah. I don't. I'm really bad actually at like thinking of particular names. Mm -hmm. Or people, I don't like the styles that I'm interested. I, I was there's definitely music has always been a point of inspiration. Just like my personal preferences gravitating, and then seeing the album covers or the style and kind of absorbing that. And I don't know, it just 
comes out there i guess lab yeah definitely there's some labels i have huge respect for mm-hmm. i mean there's the classics of like 4ad okay so i almost said that you pulled that out of my head <laughs> classic you know like these are iconic labels that had a super strong look i actually really like uh idm like i was a big Aphex. <laughs> i mean i'm all of it like that era and they all established kind of this future futuristic technology thing mm-hmm. in the kind of 2000s. Um, I mean, all of it, like Boards of Canada, IDM, yeah. that whole just Amontobin, like there's this whole yeah, era. Yeah, Ninja Tune, kind of, remember that? Yeah, yes, exactly. Like yeah. it was, it had this kind of like futuristic, spacey sci-fi, um, but it was like its own thing. Like they created this whole brand i don't even if that i don't like that word but like you know it was yeah. like this look Identity this, or whatever. this style exactly are you into um, so yeah i see that techno yeah. culture um definitely yeah. <laughs> yes um yeah raves like, are back <laughs> <laughs> definitely a raver <laughs> i um i moved to berlin a lot because of that because i wasn't finding it and I was in the Bay Area before, and it, mm. I, I I still love the Bay Area, but it was like not electronic music isn't quite in the same in the U.S. as it was in other like Europe. It's just further ahead in the culture of it, and mm. the music's better. Like, yeah. but no, it's changing. There's a lot. It's just coming up. There's a lot of crossover now. But like at the time, um, yeah, no, I moved to Berlin because of that, and um, wanted to be more involved with like rave culture there. Also just be inspired. It was very inspiring to me. I remember mm-hmm. my first time going to like the clubs of, of Berlin. Wow. I mean, everyone has, has those stories, but it really made it, it was like, wow, this is my place. These are my people. This is like, it really clicked for me. Also experiencing electronic music properly. Cause you can't just, it's not really the same. You need like good sound system and a good space and like, rave culture also depends on the people mm-hmm. around you like that community feel or like people that get it with you it's mm-hmm. not just you know there's a lot of kind of cues around it that um if you're into it you pick up on it, you're like once it all comes together in mm-hmm. these experience it's like an experience it's really wow. it makes a lasting impression for sure yeah no but there's, if there's i like a lot of styles too it's not like i mean i do respond very much to electronic music but um but I know I, there, it depends on the mood and the situation. Like I like ambient and deep listening. Mm. Like I said, IDM, I like like these super kind of, I don't know, just like meditative experiences with music as well. So I, so yeah, dark entries, like we do reissues where then I'm just like the production or like, you know, making the art fresh again. And and I might add like a new label or insert, but I can't take credit for like, that's the original design reproduced. Well, let's talk. Again. I want to talk about yeah, reissue like design. A process because, thing. Yeah. And, totally. and then also it's how different. you hooked up with Gwinnell. How, is that how you say Gwinnell? Yeah. Gwinnell is the other, yeah. A designer we work with a lot um okay i mean that i have to yeah this is a big like the dark entries connection with josh was really special i'm very thankful that it's lasted this long and we've been through so much together at this point it's really like yeah like collaboration that spans ages and styles and experiences but um both of us i think met due to obsession like with this kind of music um 
I actually, um, it's a long story, but it was through radio that I heard one track off of my local radio station, pirate radio station in San Francisco that led me down this like wormhole. Like I just was, it was, uh, yeah, you should know that this song was um, OTO. Anyway, it's a very French cold wave, like it triggered something in me that I had to like find out what the song was. Then it led me to like this other radio show in New York at the time, Minimal Wave, which is still a big um, influence on a lot of people in this kind of synth underground synth world. And then I heard Josh as a guest on her show, Veronica show. And I didn't know anybody in San Francisco at the time into this music. So uh, I was like, whoa, I have to meet this person because I was like just discovering it all. And I was like, where, why is there nothing in the city? And, but there was. And so I, I tracked him down through an email and I was like, um, I just heard you. I need to know more. <laughs> and he's like, oh, come to come to this event at the knockout. It's like a, it was like a dark wave night. Um, knocked music. My God, I, I just remember that. And it was maybe like 20, 30 people, like very small, <laughs> but very cool group mm-hmm. of uh, people just devoted to this specific kind of synthy music. And so it just started a whole thing. And like, we basically like, oh, I was like, at the time I was working for a book publisher, but this was like a hobby to me to like, mm-hmm. I was like, I am a graphic designer. If you can use my skills, <gasps> let me know. And wow. he was like, just starting the label. Like the timing was really good where he realized, oh, he does need help. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of labels, I think they don't, may not realize that if you run a music label, like how much design work is involved. So there was, a, this is the timing was uncanny and it was just like, well, <laughs> here I am. And it worked out from there. It was like, pretty awesome he definitely is the label head of like curating and finding the bands he has that obsessive nature where he will track something down and and the taste as well to like know when it's a band that hasn't that deserves a reissue like a lot of it is kind of uncovering these bands of the past that made like one cassette that 100 copies that five people heard i don't know it's like very but then it's like amazing the solid space these discoveries yeah the music's so good and you're just like how did this get lost well but then you just learn about the music business and how unreally like it's just so unfair to so many artists but that's a whole nother discussion but like Mm -hmm. anyway tracking down um in this obsessive way to get the reach the band or the masters or so many other obstacles he has to go through so he takes care of all that i i'm definitely i'm on the receiving end after he decides on a project or a reissue mm-hmm. to put it all together um physically like get the old files and refresh them as a reissue or sometimes there's parts missing or there's like one photo and that's it and you have to like create something around that wow. um so it's like a it's kind of more almost like like music archaeology because it, mm. it really is a historical preservation side of it that comes into play it's so, and like it, respect respecting the original yes too. and it's archive it's kind of a aspect of archiving yeah, because archive you're, exactly you're preserving exactly. in a way by updating a little bit yeah. i feel like um yeah so yeah so sometimes there's uh you have to fill in the blanks or you add an insert or you are able yeah. to add to the original design are there like licensing yeah. issues with the original artists or how does that work i'm sh- like again like that for sure has come up or um that's josh gets to handle all that the fun stuff and contracts and um rights but but usually yeah they're like the artists have are if they're still alive some are not Mm -hmm. um 
will, you know, like they check everything and make sure it looks right. And there's definitely a lot of like points in the process to make sure that we all feel like this is of the right quality. Cause it does come down. Like when it is a reissue, I feel like a lot of it, at least for me as a designer, like there's a respect side of it. Like I want to make sure it looks as good as it can be to come back in the world when it maybe didn't have a chance back then or, or, mm-hmm. you know, this is the, this is the time or something I could do is to like give that back to them. Yeah. <laughs> the that's amazing. Music. Have you ever been contacted by, or have contact with the original artist? I mean, yeah, through Josh as a team, like mm-hmm. I can't think, well, definitely. If they're alive, the I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. There's like appreciation. Yeah, for sure. Actually. Wow. Yeah. It's the ones that are thankful that it, they can even have this happen because yeah, there's, it's interesting to see how artists, you know, like a lot of things may have, they may have made when they're 20 or 30 or something, and then it gets forgotten. And then we're contacting them when they're like 60 or 70 and it can be, it can be kind of emotional for them too, you know, like brings up a lot of like their history of their creation. Maybe, you know, some of them didn't, they devalue themselves or they're, it, it can go both ways. It can be like, Oh, I didn't realize like I made something like worthy of being repressed or but or others are very aware of like, wow, finally someone sees like my work like that. It took this long, but wow, now's like a moment. And that can be tricky too, because then there's like this like I'm I have my time to shine and you have to like manage the ego side of that. What took um, you so long? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And we're not like, you know, we're not like universal. We're a small, yeah. still an indie label with very obscure mm-hmm. audience and taste. So it, it can be a balancing act in that sense. But but all of the music, like I personally, yeah, no, I think it's worth it. Like they're oh, good artists. Even so if they, some of them can be difficult, like I will for sure artists can be difficult. But yeah. like the music and the quality like I always am like, well, but that does deserve to get repressed or get put back into the world. Yeah. Well, Absolutely. I ordered my nervous gender. Uh, that one's insane. And <laughs> yeah. I know, I'm like, that one is crazy. I wonder if she got to talk to Paul Rossler. <laughs> <laughs> but, That's um, super special. Yeah. Oh my God. I can't wait. Cause the packaging, I'm obsessed with That's packaging as you one. can imagine. Yeah. And I cannot wait to get my dirty hands on that. Yeah. Yeah. As a designer, you're going to freak out. Like uh, I was like, well, all this stuff they made and it's like wow have to print it again that is so cool what a great opportunity to get to work with those files like that artwork was already made everything um, it, yeah well most of it it's coming from a file that we have to like i have to clean up mm. or make it some of it's by hand so you have to scan it properly mm. and get the digital side of that the layout together um and then maybe put it together differently because it's still it's a new package so like like the cover will be original but then the when you open the gatefold that you'll see it's like a collage of all these different things so that's like me having to put it all together or there's a zine with this one which is really Ah. cool that's like a reproduction of how it was originally with a few editions so it's it's just a lot of material like to get through but i love the those kind of projects where it's not just the record but there's like a whole world around this band like all these other things they created posters Mm. flyers sketches lyrics it's just like i think that's also very special about kind of um reissues because so much Mm. content was created 
if the band has a strong identity and they were, mm-hmm. you know, creative in that way, there's like, it's like a whole treasure chest of stuff. Yeah. It's um, not just yeah, music. It's it. almost like music right. is one component of this yeah. art, art project. people want to hear like about Patrick Cowley because that is such a special thing. Um, Was that artwork already created all of that stuff or did you create that look and feel for the, the early one, the first, the first album we, yeah, school days. Uh Um, That was me, but it was working with, I think we had a photo. So there was some imagery that and the collage inside, which is a nice XXX version. Yeah. <laughs> I have a lot of experience with that at this point, but <laughs> like <laughs> I've seen, I've seen everything, but um, no, there's this a lot of content and that's another good example of a reissue mm-hmm. um, where Josh discovered like this treasure chest of material and like, okay, this has to be made into an album. Um, but then yeah, putting it all together. So like, I remember this is a while ago, but, I did, yeah, no, I took like the body. There's like a nice spread. It was just perfect for like filling the spread of the gatefold when you open it, um, of like a man's chest. And then, I don't know, just things really fit with that. Like, yeah, the photo of his face, this iconic mm-hmm. face, and then um, the spacey quality, because it was like mm-hmm. this uh, spacey disco era mm-hmm. and uh, the like soft softcore porn (laughs) but it all worked together yeah and I remember like the labels were really fun kind of to get this like cheesy school days like school notebook style Um, but then the later releases were Gwinnell so that's when we really started to collaborate with Gwinnell he's another artist he's actually a collage artist like devoted to um, fine art but Mm -hmm. has this amazing style graphic quality that works and very into like retro um, lettering and patterns like it works so well with that era and it just was perfect did to he use, do yeah, the mailbox the... because it's making me he did yeah yes. i love and that that's such a good one yeah. i know that's really good so yeah that's striking. all you know he's perfect for kelly wow yeah. so cool i have to tell you and i don't know if he did this one but i'm sending you an email of when i was first ideating for my um my graphic for my show for this podcast, I came up with all these different designs and I copied a bunch. I did parodies, but they were more obscure. Um, and so I just sent it. I don't know if you got it, but. Oh, no, I see it. Okay. <laughs> oh, yeah, totally. So that was one oh, of the examples. Cool. So I had to show you like yeah. that I copied. That's no, that's the style. <laughs> But, but it's, it's nice. It's I like it. It's just a draft. It's like you can see where I joined the shapes and stuff. It's like yeah. Euro style always. Yeah. What else about Patrick Cowley? Because did that kind of spark the other, some other reissues too? Like, is that related to the Sylvester stuff? Because visually it looks like it. that's, yeah. Well, like Josh definitely comes, well, he's queer and comes from a queer male perspective. And Cowley did unleash sort of this, I think that's when it start. he started to do more Italo and more disco era. Also hit like, um, discovering how much hadn't been, you know, kind of lost and what needs to be shared again. There's just a lot of material within queer culture as well from like, I mean, his focus is maybe California, 70s, 80s, but yeah, Sylvester also comes from San Francisco. And like, I mean, unless you're, you, you are like, 
obsessed in the, in this way to know about these musicians and people like uh i would say the mainstream does not <laughs> know about any of it and so it's like conflicting because like to us it's like well yeah this is these are like the icons of this mm-hmm. genre or this time period but really like in the bigger picture of the world like no not many people know about these people and like what they were doing and and also the aids era and kind mm-hmm. of reflecting on people that got lost during that time period mm-hmm. or should be revisited in context of that and like mm-hmm. given their due and it just impacted a lot of culture too that i don't think they've ever been recognized when they were alive um and they should be and and the music's great it's like a bottom line for me too it's like it's just good it's like good art it's good. <laughs> we it need that is. even it's from the past and it's like it, it can help us to connect from with these people that you know they made such amazing things well you both inspiring. you and josh are doing such a service to like I mean, just shining a light on all this stuff. It's just like so awesome. I know there's a lot of reissue labels, but I feel like I'm, I gravitate so much to the weirdness. I wish, yeah, Joshua should be next to me, but he definitely, it's a big, um, I respect it a lot too. Like it comes, it's very passionate. It's Mm. from a personal place. I think that's probably why you notice it too. It's not just like to make, definitely not to make money or to like Mm. try to be famous and, and you know, just because these artists should be famous or something, it's it's really passionate at the root of it to like give them their due and and pay respect to the people to the artists before us that mm-hmm. did so much and never got recognition for it. I know, and it's also just fun. Like it's fun yeah, and it's cool, and joyous to me to just like learn about this stuff. Okay, getting back to the zine thing. So I read that you uh, you taught zine making workshops. No, I definitely have over the years. It, I wish it, no, it, it never was a regular thing. It was like one off oh, yeah. in this situation or with a friend that, uh, so zines, yeah, I, zines are another branch of my design world. Like um, I, I focus mostly on on records now, but still my, my history is with books and I still, that's actually like, that's where I really, <laughs> I become a design freak and um so zines are kind of this in-between place because zines relate to music. There's a whole, yeah, culture of zines was came from music, a lot of it. But um, so my personal projects, like not for clients or labels, are back going back to zines. And um, through that, I've met people or had opportunities. It's getting, it's coming, well, maybe it never went away, but I feel like there's a little more attention mm-hmm. being given to them. Definitely. Um, as like the value they have in culture and creating these space, like safe spaces for people mm. to explore just anything. But you know, when you give a person that space and like time and inspiration, it's like, wow, everybody becomes, they can just make this incredible thing. Like zines are such a good format to explore so many topics and, and feelings and like, mm. yeah. So I'm inter- interested in that. I've worked with kids. I really like, that's a little, also sidebar of like children have a lot of inspiration for me too, but um, also women specific, or I think the last one I did was in Berlin with my friend Nessa. It was really fun. It was like horror scenes. Oh, I fan. love me too. I'm in a horror and book was, club. I love horror yeah, movies. Yeah, yeah. I will. Yeah. 
and zines were such a great format to bring like a group of women together uh, and kind of be empowered by their messages through zine making. It was just like, whoa, how is this happening? This is so comes together so perfectly. Like it was very, very I was cool. looking earlier at blood dreams. <laughs> I <laughs> yeah. had to say it like that. But the zine yeah, of menstrual dreams. <laughs> That's so very personal. All red yeah. and black. It's yeah. so awesome. Yeah, it's a great format. Um, yeah. And it, yeah, like great outlet. Everyone should And make more one. like free. Yeah, design for designers. Sometimes you get caught up in like, I mean, there's just thing, rules or things and you need to follow. And, and a zine can be, well, I am a perfectionist, so mm -hmm. it, it's still torture in other ways. But like it allows me to explore these definitely like off the radar ideas or just like have fun again and then be sloppy, which is harder. <laughs> Actually, that's very hard for me. <laughs> if you're a designer, you understand. Yes. Like uh, get more messy and and it's, yeah, it triggers a lot of other process things that I don't do in my professional work. So it's like helps yeah. with that. Yeah, doing, it's important as a designer to also do some capital A art and some, give yourself permission to be like do yeah. a punk thing exactly. like that's just willy-nilly or whatever because you do get so yeah. uptight i do definitely There's so many yeah no, I need it. I, I, yeah and sometimes you're like well can i, I actually a fun project mm -hmm. um i don't think i've i've gone fully to publishing something but like in a sketchbook or whatever just like purpose or even photoshop whatever digitally purposely make something bad like i actually love <laughs> quote unquote bad design is like super inspiring yeah. in a lot of ways like or just like design that doesn't have that you can see doesn't a designer didn't a do naive it, design it still exists. Yeah. yeah yeah there's a lot of value in that like children also children go in that category for me like what they create it's not coming from like someone who knows form and whatever but but there's something about it like the naive or the um very primal mm. <laughs> kind of visual response that i'm I need to get back to sometimes or like force force myself to like go back into like childlike state of mind or something and play play around again. I ask all my guests, what is the first record cover you remember? First album that really struck you and it just really stayed with you. Okay. I actually I prepared for this because okay. I was like, I really have to have to like dig back. Um and I have two answers. Mm. So I will, one thing I remember was the first album that I liked enough that I bought myself, like with my own money. Mm. I think it was like 13 or something. And it's very Seattle story. <gasps> um, it was, I was on a trip in Port Townsend. Have you been there? Oh yeah, like, I love Port Townsend. With the ferry. Yeah. yeah. And this kind of got this kind of hippie. I don't, I, and this was like late 90s mm -hmm. or 90s. So it was very much that that time in Seattle or Pacific Northwest. Mm -hmm. And um and it's kind of, it's so cheesy. So I'm, this is the only time I'll ever Please. admit, like talk about it, <laughs> but, but it was very like, I mean, I chose it out of the stack and it's a cassette tape back then it was uh -huh. cassettes for me, I chose it out of this whole stack of cassettes. I don't know why I picked it, but it's, it's, um, it was called sacred earth drums. <laughs> 
like super new age and probably and kind of inappropriate like actually very inappropriate <laughs> now that i'm older and i'm like oh my god they like totally like it's like two white men that made this album called sacred earth drums and it's like they appropriated like dream catchers it's like horrible oh, no. uh, like, all of the rules broken if you're a designer but at the time it's an era you know of this place and time I was there's a teenager. A, I was like, whoa, dream catcher. There's a lot of Port like, Townsend <laughs> that is inappropriate. Let me just say yeah. this right now. <laughs> it's like a whole, like really, yeah. It's like, of course, I'm a Seattle kid. I'm going to like, like that kind of stuff. And I, I did. I was like dream catchers. I liked it. I was into the concept and it had this dream catcher earth collage. So cheesy. It's an, I wouldn't say it's a good design at all, but it impacted me enough where I was like, whoa, I want this tape i want this and then i like the music it was like kind of tribal rhythmic um but it was like the beginning oh of my something god i'm me. looking at it <laughs> <laughs> so bad don't follow it for design like oh, at all but <laughs> yeah the algorithm's gonna yeah punish me but, oh my god it's worth it <laughs> and the, the font oh my god i mean oh. i looked at it again preparing for this i was like oh my god why did i like that so much it's and the cave dork. drawings but... <laughs> there's like cave drawings <laughs> so but I was like interested in that. I mean, I came from yeah. like Seattle New Age. Yeah, I, oh. I was into like native art. Like I liked it. Right. I was like dream catchers, beating at, at, for sure. I'm gonna right. admit that I was. Like, well, this is the Duwamish. We have so many tribes yes. here, and there really yes. is amazing art. I used to it's work so at much art. Seattle Art Museum, and they uh, probably had okay. no business having the things they it. owned. But uh, yeah, where <laughs> yeah. Come from. But, yeah. Um, but you understand, no, it's visually oh. like inspiring. All the native culture and art of the Pacific Northwest is huge. Mm -hmm. Graphic, so graphic too. Like, no, there's a plenty to critique about it, but that that was like a, a, an album cover, yeah. But okay, that was very early. But I got better taste, I have to say, when I went to university. Um, I I started. I found out this radio station. Um, changed my life like a radio station at the university I went to UC Davis still like friends from this period were all like connected from this radio station KDVS um, and it really changed my life because it gave me access to like music like they had a whole vinyl library they had old cassettes and CDs just like listening rooms so when you discover that for the first time it's just like all access to all, everything and um, a very prominent album for me was something I actually found in the dollar bin at Amoeba Records. It's a, if you're in the Bay Area, it's a big oh, yeah. record store chain. And I, and I grabbed it like last minute rushing because of my friend had to leave or something. I remember being like, but I just want to get something. So I, it struck me in this like super quick span of time and it was a dollar. So I was like, whatever, I'll just check it out. It, and it ended up being Dark Day. I'm actually wearing the shirt. I totally really? forgot. Um, this Whoa. band. This band. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Dude, this is like a formative band for me because uh, that. Know it. So I. Dark Day. Yeah. It, this is like Dark Entry. So there's a whole connection with Dark Entries oh, about it. Wow. But um, this wasn't the cover, but the cover of the CD was this like blurry. I don't know why I liked it. I was just like, this looks cool. It was like black and white, blurry, something. I picked up somehow at that age, even then on, on this like post-punk no wave. It's a no wave band from New York 80s. And then listened to it, uh, freaked out because it was like really what I was interested. Like I just immediately got hooked. 
Um, it's his face, Robin Crutchfield, but uh-huh. it's it was uh, the CD that I bought like for that album cover. But later, like, okay, so a few years later when I moved to San Francisco and met Josh and everything, it turned out he was reissuing this band as like the second or third project we worked on together. <gasps> and I couldn't believe it because I was like, wait, what? this band is like changed my life literally i can say like after i listened to that album like i got super into no wave dark wave post-punk all of it um like a gateway band for me and then he had this image of um super cool yeah as a graphic i just i love it (laughs) and we made a zine that wasn't made before but using um the artwork this is original artwork and it came together with like his original re- reissue of window which is like the clock it was just like too much i was like this is too coincidental wow. like that i meet this person who knows even knows this band yeah a lot of people have forgotten but certain bands like changed my life deeply and it's and so this yeah this band and and the graphics are for sure like some of the earliest for me that okay like, the led me down the path the window has like that pink color kind of a salmon yeah pink. yeah that's cool and then we added this zine yeah it was this is a lot it's a great great album too basically. i love the I element love of it. adding a zine instead of just an insert of like how do you decide yeah. what goes in it you just found all this ephemera and you just want to include it I mean, some of the, ba- yeah, like some of them, there's just a lot of unpublished interviews or mm. like graphics, photos that you want to like do something with yeah. it. Um, we actually, this was a time when we had more time in the beginning, like to make a zine, like this was screen printed, like we were freaks, like we hand screen printed the zine. And then I remember finding, we he found a news printer and we got this like really raw paper. It was just like, we had more time. Yeah back then to do that kind of level but yeah. there's just the releases and some some we have we put a little more time and effort into mm-hmm. if the band has like nervous gender yeah. has like that much material but like it does take a lot of extra work and time so it has to be very worth it like special right. but it's i love zine so it's like when it, when we can do that he knows like i'm i love it it's like well that's like my my niche that's my strength so like Ugh. it's the best yeah well i am so inspired i hope that this um interview will ins- inspire other designers out there i'm a i'm a big print is not dead no it's definitely not i, I think, think print's job has changed um but it, yeah. and it's it is more precious now um yeah but it's not dead never it's the best <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's, and actually it's, I think like what you were saying, going back to uh, printing techniques, like Rezo, Rezograph has changed everything right now. If you're into um, art books or print God, or zines so, or illustration, it's insane. So awesome. I love it though. I'm like, I'm a big fan. But I also just yeah. want a straight up Xerox machine. Yes. That seems harder <sighs> to, to find. find that. And you need one that's kind of like broken, like mm. that has like missing ink or just old, like mm-hmm. an old Xerox machine, <laughs> not too clean and perfect. Mm-hmm. That's almost impossible. I mean, yeah, that would be a nice tool. It's always like it's I always hear a story now. about like, yeah, this church was just giving it away or, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. why am I never like, there? Where can I find those places? Yeah. <laughs> you just got to always be obsessing at yeah. going to estate sales and paying attention. Yeah. Um, that's true. Yeah. So that's your favorite method. Those kind of screen print tactile. I like the look. Yeah. The look that those machines create <sighs> or recreating it somehow another way. But I definitely, yeah, I like that, that old school printing technique. 
So anyways, what else do you want people to know? My, my legion of, of design freaks. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's for me, I think I'm thankful, um, to stay inspired by design is also just participating in the cultures. Like, um, yeah, my, my, I don't know. I'm, I have more experience or my talents or whatever are like in the visual world, but like experiencing, or if it's in music, obviously go to the shows, meet the musicians, listen to music alone, really listen, like pay attention, enjoy all of the things that design, because design is like a piece in usually these bigger communities and art as well. But I think experiencing the more you experience, and I think designers have this weird thing where I think we just absorb a lot we're always like kind of in tune with culture or things, fashion, things happening, trends without even realizing it. But a part of that is just because you're like, you, you don't realize what's going to inspire you later. So like the more you travel or like meet different people or go to those weird art shows, like it comes full circle in a weird way into your work. So I, that's like been, I've been lucky with that. Like I've had some amazing life experiences just, participating in the music culture but all culture to be honest yeah like my life is to live in other countries as well like I'm that's a huge part of my design world as well to be experiencing travel those differences yeah, yeah. meet people totally don't be like me and yeah. a hobbit <laughs> <laughs> or no or like nature travel yeah. I mean it, it could be just like taking a walk in yeah. a park in with the designer eye mm -hmm. you know like it's a, it's a different thing than just like a casual walk. Yeah. And also do um, drugs because it helps. <laughs> helps that can be very inspiring. <laughs> I absolutely agree. It can, it can. Um, yeah. and, um, thank you so much for sharing all that. And where do people find you? Um, if anyone is not familiar with your work, um, I know I was thinking, I was like, wow, this is your, like I told you this pod, this, um, came in a time where I'm, I literally took my online <laughs> site down cause I'm in the process of just like, updating it after 10 years or something it's ridiculous but so instagram yeah um, new age rage new age rage which is my name yeah, yeah where does that that's my name from? for my personal it was actually it was the name of my radio show <gasps> in berlin um but net but it morphed into a zine my zine zine world like publish self-publishing it's all in, under that <laughs> right now the instagram page but i will have a website i hope by the end of the year but it's like in the process oh yeah it's always a process is that radio show anywhere online it is in the archives of berlin community radio Ooh. the mix club i can find the link yeah, i'll send it to you <laughs> like way in the archives but berlin community radio was at there was like a five-year time in berlin such good people and shows yeah, everything's on Mixcloud, I think, still. I no, it'd be cool to meet. Yeah, I would love to meet. Everybody. Hit me up and, and yeah, maybe I, I will, will make it down to see you that. Yes, one of these days. everyone needs to come to Mexico. Literally why I'm here. Like, please Ooh. visit everybody. Everybody. That, just come. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Um, I'll let, give you back yeah. your day. Um, yeah, really enjoyed our <laughs> thank talk. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you as well. I know it's a lot of work what you're doing, and I respect it a oh, lot. Oh, thank it's you. Important. You too. <laughs> and labor of love. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. All right. Bye. Take All right. care. Bye. Bye.